Are you young, dedicated, up and coming, motivated, and bold? Well, we got a podcast for you. Welcome to the Get Your Grind Up podcast, where we invite the world's future leaders and break down their stories to success. It's about the knit, grit, triumphs, and failures as we see how they got to where they are on their loading bars. And you never know, you could be here too. But until then, get your grind up. On today's episode, we pick up right where we left off with Ben from the Head Scratcher podcast. Let's waste no time and get right into it some of the kind of self-improvement things i know you touched on it a little bit but habits that you're kind of putting into place right now and that you that you like yeah i think that um definitely realizing for me i'm a morning person and so for a lot of the people online who are like waking wake up at like 4 4 30 like jocko who wakes up at like whatever 4 4 30 every morning i'm a morning person and so that worked for me and so i wake up between like four and five thirty every day, depending on when I get to bed the night before. And I find that that's when I'm most productive between like four and, and 12 is when I get 90% of the work done for the day. And then after that, it's a lot of like emails and calls and social media becomes a distraction because then other people are up. Uh, and so I waking up early really worked for me. I think also meditation has been really key. I don't know whether, uh, either of you, have you heard of, uh, Sam Harris? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Sam Harris has uh, a podcast called, it was called waking up podcast. Now it's called making sense. And I listened to it. I've listened to, uh, I don't know, probably a hundred episodes at this point. And, um, it's one of, one of my favorite podcasts out there and he has some more controversial views on things, but he has, he talks a lot about mindfulness and meditation and, and the power of that and the ability to not control your thoughts, but to be more um, cognizant and aware of how they're impacting you and your focus and and your outlook on life. And so meditation has been really big for me. And I think there's a, within like the entrepreneurial community, I think there's less of a stigma surrounding like meditation and journaling and things like that. But more generally, especially like I know at my high school, if I was running around saying for people to meditate, I'd be looked at like I was batshit crazy. Like I would just not, I would be ostracized. It was a very traditional school, but I think, uh, like meditation has been, has been really big for me. And I think that's more accepted within entrepreneurship and stuff, but, um, meditation to start my day, uh, journaling at night. I don't do a lot. All I do is sometimes I'll do longer form journals, but for the most part, I'm just writing down three things I'm grateful for at the end of the day. Uh, and then I'm trying, I'm trying to think of something that's like uniquely uh, a habit that's like uniquely mine that, that I do, because I think a lot of those are things that other people do as well. Um, I think that I, I try two things related to sort of media and technology. And I think a lot of other people do this as well, but um, something that I think less young people especially do because we're so tied to our phones is I always turn off my technology like an hour, hour and a half before I go to bed. I sleep better at night. I, I don't, I, I don't feel like worried or anxious because I have like an email that's waiting in my inbox or I feel like I have stuff to do. So turning off my technology at night and then also in the morning, not checking my technology until like 
eight or 10 PM or eight or 10 AM. So waking up, uh, showering, hygiene, meditation, and then doing like two hours of the most like effective, efficient, like highly productive work. And then from there checking my like social media or Facebook or emails or whatever it is. So I think not being as reliant on my phone at night before I go to bed and in the morning, like it's the first thing you do when you wake up, which I think most people do is they immediately look at their phone and their emails has made me both just sleep better at night and also just be way more productive in the morning. So, and one thing I wanted to, to highlight with that, um, well, first of all, let me start off by saying, I feel like it's a, a great way to start the day, not something I would do. I'm not the morning person. Um, if I could start my day after 10 every day, that'd be great. Um, cause I'm more of a night owl. So there are times where it's like midnight and I'll have this huge rush of energy and I can get a whole lot done. Um, but you know, you have what works for you. I have what works for me and that's why we're we're successful in what we do. Um, but going off of your, the meditation, um, I felt like that's something that's, um, has a, a bit of a resurgence in, in our society. Um, I know back when I went to uh, middle school, high school, which wasn't too long ago, but if I heard someone talking about meditating, I kind of cock your neck, look at them funny. Um, and you know, our parents would too. And that's something that was really popular in the eighties has a, you know, hippie ties. Um, but that, a bit of that nostalgia has been revamped through our um, our generations um, that you even see it now through Stranger Things. It's a show based off in the 80s, and it's super popular. Everyone loves the style, things like that. Don't mean to get off on a tangent, but I just want to say meditation is super dope. Um, but going off all of that, Ben, we've covered a lot of your journey so far, got a lot into your mindset, um, how you got to where you are through your restaurant days, now into your entrepreneurship business podcasting days. Um, And we want to take a larger lens view of your your transition so far. Um, And we want to ask you one big question. What does 100% look like for you? Ooh, that's a, that's a good question. It's something that, that I've thought a lot about, not necessarily like phrased in that way, but, um, a similar, um, similar idea. And I don't know. I think for one, I think legacy for me is not particularly important whatsoever. Um, I think that, uh, I, I, I'm not chasing anything just to chase it. I, I don't care overly about having a huge net worth at the end of my life or, or having a, a huge net worth whatsoever. Um, and so I think the, the, like the things that I'm searching for right now in my life and that I hope like when I'm at a hundred percent, um, like these two things will be accomplished to the best of my ability is, and then they're fairly generic things, but personal happiness and the happiness of those around me. And then also social impact on the widest scale possible. And I think that's on, it's honestly a fairly generic thing for especially people who are in Gen Z. Um, but I think I'm, I'm far from that at this point in my life. I'd say I'm, I'm definitely happier than when I started the year off, but I'm definitely not where I need to be. And I don't think I've, I, I've done a pretty poor job at maintaining the relationships in my life. And, and making sure that the people who I care most about, I'm also keeping up with and, and making sure that, um, 
that, that they're happy. And then I think also in terms of impact, I've been able to do a lot of varied things in the past three to four years. Uh, like I was involved in, in interning at restaurants, like we talked about earlier. I've had the opportunity to, to speak at different conferences and to, um, you know, win some different essay competitions and to, to travel. And now we're working on podcast and, and some other uh, ventures, but like looking back on my entire, I don't want to say entire, but like the last three to four years, it's very hard for me to pinpoint where I've actually had an impact on someone else's lives. A lot of things have been in theory. So I've written proposals about, like I, I wrote a proposal on, um, uh, on, uh, sustainable agriculture in Ethiopia specifically for like subsistence farmers and how they could use this like water logging technology more effectively to increase their yields and yada, yada, yada. And I wrote this proposal and I submitted it to an, uh, to a competition and I, I was a finalist in that and I went and presented it and then like that idea was gone. And so the, I have this, you know, uh, award or title or whatever that I put on my resume and I put hours and hours and hours into, into the research and I learned from it, but at the same time, like I've had, there was no impact whatsoever created from, from that event. And in cooking, there, there was very little impact. Even what I'm doing it now, like I'm hoping the podcast can have an impact on some people's lives, but where it's currently at there, there's very little impact. So I'm very far from being at hundred percent where I feel like I've had a really large impact and the people around me are happy. And I'm really at a point where I'm really happy. I'd say joyfully even is a better word. Uh, so I think my hundred percent looks somewhat like that. I'm not sure exactly what space it'll be in, but I think where I'm, I'm happy the people around me are happy and I've had a really large impact on the world. And I think there also isn't a point where I, where I feel like I'll be at hundred percent. I feel like there's always something I'll be going for more. Like if I'm ever, ever at a point where I feel like I've completely, I, I've completed things, then, um, I probably, but by then I'll, I, I want to have moved on to an, another project or something else. So yeah, I'd say those are the two things that are most important to me, the happiness and, and joyful aspect of both my life and the people around me, but then also just impacting people on the largest scale possible that, that I can. Yeah. And I mean, getting to a hundred percent, it's a, it's a slow process. You don't want it to be a quick process, right? You don't want to peak essentially, and be at 100% when you're 19. Nobody wants that to, to really happen in their life. So when we look or we look through your, your podcast, you had our man, uh, Sam Demma, on your podcast. And what he preaches is all about small, consistent actions, right? Leads to big impacts. So what is your small, consistent action that you're doing right now? Ooh, I think... Um... I mean, I think my habits that I, that I, that I try and do consistently every day, I mean, that's, I mean, that's what habits are like doing, doing them consistently is something that I feel like is, is a small consistent action in my life. I try and integrate a new habit every like three weeks to, to a month. And that's not to say that I'm always good with them. There's a lot of times like when I was talking about them before and how I have meditation and exercising, there's a, plenty of times where I, I fall off and I don't want to make it seem like I'm, I have everything in my life sorted out. Um, but the habits are one thing where I try and integrate a new habit every, every few weeks to a month. And then I think also, um, and while I'm working on this, this, uh, it's essentially a, 
an online platform for your civic life, like a social networking platform for your civic life. So there's, there's all of these different platforms. You have Facebook and Instagram and uh, for your personal life, you have LinkedIn for your professional life. You have places like you could even say Tinder for your love life, but there's not really a, a social platform for your civic life and for civic engagement. So I'm working on this platform and I'm slowly building out my team. And um, I think that's, that's something where I really, I have a, uh, a really big long-term vision for it. And I think it can have a large impact on people and that it can be both profitable and have that impact that I want to see. But I think I'm, I'm working really slowly. So right now it's just, I'm, I'm reaching out to people at schools who are involved in activism and trying to get data from them of like, what are, what are your different pain points? And so every day I'm trying to take, take a few actions that will progressively bring me to that point where I have my team together. I feel like I've gotten the platform together. I have partnerships lined up. And so every day is just slowly adding to that, trying to, trying to, um, get those things sorted out. So my habits, and then also that's something that I'm, I feel like I'm taking small, consistent actions, uh, um, every day. And that's dope that you being able to contribute to a new social platform. I know Gen Zers love their social media, just like us millennials and everyone else in the world. So uh, you're definitely on the path there. But to assist you with that that social impact and to solidify that, essentially, uh, let me ask this question. What advice do you have for all of our young entrepreneurs, dreamers, think, uh, thinkers even, um, or some people who are just confused about the world? What um, concrete, tangible advice would you be able to relate to them uh, to assist them with their journeys? Yeah, I think, so again, we talked about Sam Harris earlier, and he's a bit controversial, and I'm going to say a quote from another even more controversial figure, and this is not in any way an endorsement of his views, but uh, I just happened to find this quote really valuable. Uh, so this is, I don't know if you've heard of Jordan Peterson, but he has a quote um, uh, I think he's a professor at the University of Toronto um, or some school in Canada. And he has a quote that's, that he has in, in a book that, that he published called uh, The Twelve Rules for Life. And one of the quotes is, um, I don't know if this is word for word, but it's essentially get your house in order before you criticize the world. And I think for the, for the longest time while I was in high school is I really disliked my school. And I would uh, judge everyone around me. I would criticize my school. I would be just very angry at the world and, and the people around me. And I was just not in a happy place. And I think that I was so focused on everything outside of myself, but I was spending so little time on myself, actually. Like how, what can I do to make myself happy? Like I can't control these, these external things for the most part. And, but I was putting 90% of my time on them. And so I'd say, firstly, uh, get your house in order before you criticize the world, focus on yourself, on your mental health, on, on your habits, on your routine, on working on yourself, instead of focusing so much on judging the people around you, on the, the people that aren't lifting you up. Um, so that's, that's the first thing that I would say. And then the second thing I would say, and this is um, something that Gary Vee talks about a lot, which is just patience. It's, I think that's honestly one of the biggest reasons that people end up not executing, end up not getting to the long-term goal they have for whatever that idea was. It may be an unbelievable idea and they may have gotten to that point where they've started it, but if you don't have the patience and, and it can take months and months or it can take years and years for something for, for an idea to actually be successful. And I think 
have the patience and realize, especially when you're young, you don't need to, to, to do everything at once. Um, you don't need, not even that you don't need to, like, it's really hard. You probably can't have that really large impact that you want to have right now. And just having the patience to slowly, like Sam Dama talks about those small, consistent actions slowly compound, and then you'll have the impact that you want to have. So being patient, slowly working on things, but realizing that things take time and not letting that detract from you doing stuff. Like if, if it's taken a year and you're still working on things day, day in, day out, but you haven't had that impact, don't let that uh, push you away from continuing to do those things every day. So having that patience and then also working on yourself before you focus on everything else that's external to you. All right. So with that, we move on to our favorite part, which is the deep thinking questions. So question number one, I know you're partly into your gap year right now, and it seems that the gap year is starting to kind of rise in popularity of uh, students entering college or students after leaving college, right? A gap year before um, going into the workforce. What would be your advice for someone who is looking to maybe take a gap year? Has it been worth it for you? Or do you think um, going the traditional route of going to college might've been more beneficial? Yeah, for one, it's a hundred percent worth it. And though I would have done things slightly differently if I were to do it again, I do not regret in any way me taking it in the first place. I think it's been unbelievably valuable. The other thing I would say is gap year is not for everyone. Um, if, you know yourself and you know that you wouldn't, you couldn't get things done in a gap year. Or if a lot of people spend their gap year traveling and doing a program and that's great. And if that's something you want to do, go for it. And other people like myself have a more unstructured gap year where I wasn't doing a lot of traveling. I was trying to spend very little money whatsoever. I was trying to slowly build money over the course of the gap year. But, um, if you don't think that that the traveling option or program or something like that, is right for you and you don't think that some type of unstructured thing with lots of freedom is right for you, then don't take it. I don't think it's for everyone. The one thing I would say is that I would really recommend for people to, to think about it. If you view the trajectory of your life, you, you go, you finish high school, you have like three months of summer, you go to college, then you have the pressure to either go back to school or to get a job. And there is more or less no time in your life where you could have a complete year unstructured to do whatever you want, where at least for myself and not everyone necessarily has this, um, opportunity, but the fallback of living at my parents' place of having my parents support, um, I could take as many risks as I, as I wanted this gap year. And I had the fallback of like, I don't have, I don't have to have a job right now because I'm not supporting myself completely. I don't have the, the societal pressure or the familial pressure to do something because I'm going to college next year. And so I could do literally anything and put the foundation in for, for things I'm going to do later that you really at no other point in your, in your life, you, you don't have that time for that unless you you're able to take a year off after college or a year off in the middle of college or a year off in, in your job at some point. And I think people are so stuck on this trajectory of life where they're just constantly in this wheel and you never leave it to actually reflect on like, what are you doing? What do you want to do? And I think taking a gap year was hugely important for myself. And it's the only time I, I think it'll be one of the few times in my life where I have the complete freedom and financial fallback to take whatever risks I want. Um, I think I, I 
applaud people who are in their, you know, thirties and forties and fifties who are following their passion, you know, now in life and they're maybe quitting their day job or they're focusing on a side hustle. Um, but I really wanted to set myself up so that once I finished college and then even before college that I had taken the time to reflect on like what I want with my life. And I wasn't so, uh, tied to what the, the environment that I grew up in would suggest I should be tied to. Like my boarding school would say, you know, go to an elite university, go on to grad school, like lawyer, doctor, businessman, whatever it is. And I think taking a gap year has been, is so valuable. There's no other time in your life where, where you're able to do that and realizing, I mean, it's, it's weird for me to say because I'm only 19, but time is so finite. Your life is so finite. And when you start to think backwards and, and figure in where you're going to have the time to do this, you realize there is more or less no other time unless you're are able to in, in some way create that. Um, and I think that, I don't know. I, I would, I would recommend people to at least think it over and to consider it and to, to reflect on where their life is going and not be so tied to whatever your trajectory is. I have friends who live in Vermont who grew up on their parents' farm and they're pretty much resigned to after they graduate high school and then maybe going to college, working on the farm and staying in the family business. And there's nothing wrong with that. And there's the same people, the same token who went to my prep school and they're very tied to doing the things their parents did or what the prep school suggested they should do, which is go to, go to college, go to grad school, or, you know, go to law school and then have one of these like high paying jobs. And I think regardless of what it is, a lot of people are very resigned to whatever their environment has suggested they should be resolved to. And I think taking the time, if you have the support system around you to do that for a gap year to take yourself out of that, that, that very narrow trajectory and just reflect on your life and what you want to do and then figure out what can you do in one year where you can take whatever risks you want, ideally to allow yourself to break out of that trajectory and to focus on the things that you want to focus on. So it's not gap year is not for everyone. I definitely don't regret doing it, but I would say everyone should at least consider it and think about it more. No, I, I definitely hear you there. And after completing my my college years, it's something that I not regret, but something that I kind of wish I experienced that um, just having the mindset that I do now, I'm um, being able to go through that gap year and, you know, take a break and really think about what trajectory I, I want to put myself on. And I think that was a, a big part of it. I, I just didn't know. Um, and I, I basically went to college and I, I sorted it out along the way. Um, but maybe having that extra year would have put me on a completely different path um, with different results. Who knows? But definitely a great point that you brought up there. Uh, I know our, our listeners would love to hear that. Um, but going off of that into our, our second question here, we're going to bring up one of our uh, one of our favorites. Uh, we want you to uh, we're going to picture your 100 years in the future. OK, um, this is your last day on Earth. So you've accomplished everything that you wanted to accomplish, the social impact, um, your your podcast went quadruple platinum, if that's even a thing in the future. Um, and you have all of your family around you. Uh, one of your family members brings you a book. This book happens to be um, your autobiography of over the years. So you open it up and take a look at the first chapter. And that first chapter is your entire life up until this very point where you and me and spe- are speaking right now. What is the title of that first chapter? Ooh, 
These are, these are good questions. I feel <laughs> I'm starting to rethink some of the questions I asked for my own podcast. Ooh, these are good. Um, what is that title? Can I take, can I take a second to, to think here? Yeah, no, let it, let it brew, let it simmer. Uh, I, I apologize. Some of my other answers have been a little long winded, but, um, yeah. Uh, really forces you to put what 19 years into a couple of words <laughs> i know uh, the easiest task in the world hmm. gosh the hard question <laughs> <laughs> um Gosh, um, I think we might have stumped them. That's that's that's, a, that's a great question. That's, that's a I don't know. I mean, there like there's so much pressure on you, right? It's like <laughs> I don't know, and it's not I something know. that most people really thought about. It's like writing a title for an essay. It's the always like the it's hardest, the hardest part. part. That's why you do it. Yeah, that's why I took a gap year. I didn't want to. I didn't want to have to write titles to my essays anymore. Um, <laughs> uh, this is good preparation, though. I'm going back to school soon. I need to start thinking about this. All right. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I would say, um, just like off the top of my head, I think this this is going to change over time. Like I, I think I have very little of my life sorted out right now, but I would say just uh, give to the world more than you take from it. I think that when you, even from a pure selfishness perspective when you give more to others and you go in with a, with a, um, with a, with a grateful mindset first, or with a, um, a trying, trying to give value to others mindset first, instead of trying to take from others or from the world that things just work out much better. You're going to be much happier. Like I realize that like when I'm thinking about my meaning of life, I'm thinking about like personal happiness and the happiness of those around me for one, it's like, I want to be happy or when I'm thinking about social impact, for one, I really want to create a social impact. Like I, th I think it's, um, it's, it's a core feature of my life, but at the same time, I realize that social impact and happiness are, uh, intrinsically and forever tied together. When I impact other people, I feel much happier. And so it's a selfish thing trying to impact others in, in large part. And so I would say, yeah, uh, give, give more to others than, um, then you ask from them. I think it'll make you a happier person. It'll make you a more successful person. Um, you'll end up receiving more if you start with that first than if you asked for more first and then, and then wanted to give to others. So yeah, give first at, at, and then, um, give more than you ask for. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Um, thank you, Ben. Sorry. We're working on these transitions at the end, but um, <laughs> okay. I appreciate you, you coming on to the podcast. It was, it was an honor. And before we go, give yourself a shout out. Where can people find you on social media, your own podcast, everything like that? Yeah, for sure. I appreciate it. So you can find me head scratcher podcast uh, on Instagram. Uh, the website's a little shaky right now. Maybe when you release this episode, it'll be better. 
but that's headscratcherpodcast.com. Uh, you can also find me um, on Instagram. Uh, personal account is uh, Ben J. Laufer. Um, I'm planning on rolling out some interesting ventures in like the next one to two weeks. So if you follow my Head Scratcher podcast or, for, or my personal uh, Instagram, you'll you'll be able to to stay up to date with that. Um, yeah, and then you can you can find the podcast on on most major platforms, so iTunes and Spotify, um, Stitcher, TuneIn, whatever it is that you listen to. Sweet. Well, let's conclude with our final question here. If after taking all of the the podcast in so far, what is one question that you wished we asked you? Ooh. Um, Oh, guys, these questions are so good. Oh, I gotta, I have to take some notes on this. All right. One question that I, I wish you guys asked me. Um, I would say, and this is something that I, I asked in my podcast episodes, um, not to like put my podcast on a pedestal, but I think it's an interesting question and it has to do with the fact that my podcast is called head scratcher. And so it's a lot about questions people have in their own life. But I think, um, asking, uh, what I'm most curious about right now, I think curiosity is I view as one of the core features of whatever my success has been up to this point, which I think has been very little, but whatever it has been, I think is a lot due to curiosity. I think my happiness is a lot due to curiosity. So I'd say asking what I'm, what I'm curious about. Yeah. Okay, so give us a little insight. What is uh, what's on your mind? What are you curious about right now? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm curious about a lot of things. Honestly, <laughs> this goes back to the whole head scratcher thing. I have so many questions in my life. I'd say I'm really fascinated to see the way that that AI will shape the economy in the next fifteen to twenty years. Um, I think that's really fascinating, and whether. Uh, institutions and, and higher ed is doing a good enough job to prepare their uh, students in terms of the soft skills that they need to prepare them for the economy, which is going to be entirely different than it is today. That really fascinates me. I think the world we're living in is like so unbelievably exciting right now. And um, I'm so happy to be living in it and experiencing it. And so I'm really curious about that. I'm also really curious about um, just the, the problem of, of the polarization and politicization of issues and how we can foster dialogue in a more respectful and thoughtful way than we have it now. I feel like um, from a macro sense, the world is getting better every day. If you look at child mortality rates, if you look at uh, where developing countries and even developed countries are now compared to where they were 20, 50, 100, 200 years ago, whatever it is, the, the world is getting better from a macro sense. But in terms of micro issues, like the, the issue of polarization and, and and the fact that I feel like we are so unflinching in our views is a really dangerous thing. And I feel like that problem has gotten worse. Um, and it's not to tie it to any specific political party or to a person, but I think it's a problem that exists across the political spectrum and cultural uh, spectrum. And so I think that's something that I'm really curious about. I'm fascinated to see whether it's something that can be resolved and whether it's something that can get better. And it's something that I've been thinking a lot about lately in terms of what can I do about that, not necessarily on a large scale, but just in my own life. How can I foster, how can I 
create dialogue in a respectful and thoughtful way with people whom I disagree with or who I think have controversial views or ignorant views and how can I go in with an open mindset? And so I've been thinking a lot about that issue from a macro sense, but also just what can I do in my daily life to try and do that for myself to try and foster conversation in a way where I feel like most people are not doing that in their daily life. Yeah. And it's definitely something that we should keep an, an eye on in, in the future in the next, you know, 15, 20 years, how that transpires with our, um, our generations growing up and, you know, becoming massive contributors to our society. Um, but for now, it's it's a head scratcher. Uh, and then <laughs> I just want to say thank you again for coming on to the podcast. Love to have you. Great things you're doing, and we're really excited for your future. Uh, so I want to extend a huge Getro grind up uh, and young and dumb. Thank you for uh, taking the time out of your day and sharing some knowledge with us on the pod. Yeah, thank you guys. Love being here. Love getting a talk with you, and uh, really appreciate it. Love it, love it, love it. And all of our listeners out there, there was a lot of knowledge, a lot of facts, a lot of head scratchers on today's podcast. Keep your eyes out, question what's around you, and always remember that we are all young and dumb. And never forget, get your grind up. We'll see you guys soon. Peace. Peace.